1: Geekscapist, welcome to a special bonus episode of Geekscape. This one's taking place between studio episodes and we're doing it because Frank Portman, one of my favorite writers and musicians, is in town and I got a chance to sit down with him. Uh, I've known Frank, aka Dr. Frank of the Mr. T Experience, for almost two decades now. I first met him when I was, I guess, 18 years old. I discovered his music when I was 17 and the Mr. T Experience music was highly influential to me. It's creative, it's catchy, it's fun, it's positive. I needed that in my life at the time. Uh, I discovered them a few months after my older brother was killed. And I, I guess anything could have influenced me at that point. I was kind of in like an emotionally primordial stage where I was kind of putting my life back together. And I discovered this band and just the uh, positivity of it and the, uh, the fun of listening to this band just put me in a, in a headspace that I think I really needed at the time. And it's not like uh, I was really into them for a while and then it faded away like a lot of bands in your life. They have consistently been, uh, and Frank has consistently been one of my favorite songwriters for almost the last 20 years, and so obviously I'm going to jump at a chance to spend some time with him and talk to him about my favorite subject, which is what keeps Geekscape going is my fascination with talking to other storytellers about storytelling, and both as a songwriter and a, a novelist, Frank has been uh, one of my favorite storytellers. And um, we sat down, we talked about his new book, King Dork Approximately. You guys who've been listening to the Geekscape podcast for a while may recall uh, Frank called in a few weeks ago, and obviously that's not enough for me. I'm a lifetime fan. Uh, so it was cool sitting down with Frank 101 and talking about storytelling, talking about his new book, uh, his music career. And then later that night, I went and saw him play some acoustic songs and listen to this conversation. I'm just going to start you guys off. We sat down, we started talking storytelling, and I think you guys will enjoy it whether or not you're familiar with Frank's work or not. Enjoy. Hey, Geeks we're sitting here. Uh, and what, what would you say? We're in the bar of the hotel. That's, uh, but Yeah, that doesn't quite get across the the grandeur of it. <laughs> uh, that's Frank Portman, who's uh, one of my, uh, I think, storytelling heroes is what, like, what I lump you into. Because when I first met you, or knew of you, uh, I knew you as a uh, songwriter, mm-hmm. you know, as a musician and i first met you in 1997 does that make i mean that's insane
0: right i first it's met you weird. in
1: 1997 i know well it's that's <laughs> that's weird it's also weird how long ago that was <laughs> i first discovered yeah. your music in 1996 uh-huh when i first interviewed you for the radio in philly in uh,
0: 1997
1: right and here we are at the yeah. beginning of 2015 and you're writing some people just never know when to quit and this so. isn't radio but you're writing you're still we're yeah. still telling stories but uh we're we're choosing different mediums which is crazy because you recently are now going back to the band and doing mr t experience things are becoming circular yeah
0: well you know the you you work with what you got and uh, you i've always thought it would be nice to uh uh have the two things that i know how to do so far which are I'm a songwriter novelist sure and have them compliment each other and kind of bolster each other and it's kind of interesting but I wouldn't say I like the fact that the music industry collapsed and that there's no money in music anymore but one silver lining of that situation is that uh, there's less riding on doing music uh, because there's nothing in it so um, it has been. This is a very good occasion to mm-hmm. make that thing happen because uh, um, you, you just make whatever happen happen um, that you can make happen happen. <laughs> if that makes sense, That sounded like Donna I, Rundstahl. I, 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 well, well I, I, think, uh, I think what it,
1: but <laughs> I think what it did was it put you in a place where you say, "Okay, what else do I have? Like, what else do I got?" And Let, reinvent and, yourself. Let's go with reinvent yourself because.
0: Yeah. You know, re- yes, and yes, but also when. Uh, you, um, so there was a time when if you guys people, hear crunching. It's, it's Frank yeah, and I eating there, bar food. There was a time when, uh, for music to justify its existence, it had to make money, right, on some level. And it still, it strikes me as very wrong that this thing that is so uh, uh, labor-intensive, time-consuming, and expensive to do is not worth anything. But it is what it is. It's not worth anything. So now, but you don't have to make that argument anymore. Um, it's just if you can scheme a way to make it happen, then it's as valid as anything uh, that uh, is more uh, valid. So um, so I've got, you know, I had this book and uh, I always wrote songs to go along with the book. And in the past, it was like, well, could we get a, a label interested? Could we get a deal? Could we get something to make this happen? And instead, could, you, could you take your your musical background and your musical fan base and, and kind of segue it into a, a writing career? Um, well, that's what I, that's what yeah. kind yeah. of happened. Yeah. But then, so now going back the other way, I've got this literary career, and I, am to whatever degree I can, I've made the the rock and roll happen. Uh, it, you know, it's in in progress, yeah. so we'll see how well it happens, but. It's it's so you know one spawned the other, and then now the other is spawning the original thing again. It is. It's it's a weird it's weird thing. But so the positive spin on it is that it is uh, when there is no profit margin at stake, uh, you you can do whatever you want as long as you can figure out a way to pay for it. Um, And in fact, when that doesn't involve trying to. Either uh, trying to sell somebody else on the fact that people will buy it, then um, it's all you, mm-hmm. and that puts a lot of pressure on you as a as a person funding your own stuff. Yes, but in on the other hand, you get to do it, so it's it's not not ideal because it just makes you broker and broker and broker. <laughs> but on the other hand, you got these songs, and so that's fun.
1: As my wife says, it is like, there, there's that time when it's fun to be like really exciting at the beginning to be dating a, a musician mm-hmm. or a creative or a filmmaker, and then there's that longer period where it's just not as much fun anymore because the reality sets in. And every now and then there are those little pockets of fun, and hopefully they last longer, and hopefully they end up uh, uh, just, that, hopefully they, they just stay for a while. And, yeah, and, but, it, but, but eventually it's us and we're self-sustaining. And I, I, I do remember moving to Los Angeles with the idea of making music videos and how much I loved music videos. And in 03, I ended up directing a Real Big Fish video in 05. Hmm. And, I can, and I remember- I didn't know that. Uh, which I think is how I met you through Stormy because Stormy oh. was your merch girl and then she was Real Big Fish's merch girl. And she got us to know Real Big Fish and then uh-huh. she's like, oh, Mr. Teaks experience. Right. I, the, we did, we did lots of shows there. with those guys. And so I, I remember sitting around the table. We were, we were shooting this music video, and at lunch, we were sitting around, and they go, the budget for this video is as much as the wardrobe budget was for the video, we, our last video. And I, and I was like, guys, I just moved out of California. I just started wanting to do this again. Like, this was, and now the dream's over. Like, you guys are telling me I showed up just to see the party. Yeah. And, and that's when I was like, okay, let's figure out what else we can do. But I loved doing music videos, and obviously music was a big part of of uh, any type of formation for me as a, as, a, as a storyteller or a filmmaker, whether it was talking on the, on the podcast or, or filmmaking, but um, it, it was you guys. It was your voice. It was one of these things where I realized that you could make pop music or pop culture and still be witty about it, mm-hmm. still be smart about it, still use
0: words that were a bit mul- like multisyllabic. Yeah, indeed. Although I, you may notice that um, I did not become a household name, and, I, <laughs> and my, my music is not... Uh, uh, blaring out at every mall throughout America. But so, do you define yourself by that, or do you define yourself as the influences that you've left? I, I, I mean, what I do don't think? know how to define myself. I just did what I was able yourself? to do. No, I right. just did what I was able to do. But I think that uh, some of my strengths as a writer and as a as a artist or whatever, sure. um, you know, possibly are the things that uh, make it. Um, more of an acquired taste than, uh, than some other people. And you know, that is, that is what it is. I have noticed though, if you stick around long enough, uh, people do tend to uh, get used to you, and uh, you know. They finally give in to Yeah, and they appreciate yeah. I mean, it's like your Stockholm Syndrome. You wear them down enough. It's a smaller group of people than with a bigger uh, concern. But uh, it eventually works and you find the environments, the people, the venues, the, um, the contexts that used to kind of dismiss you and roll their eyes quite a lot sort of uh, come around to sort of embracing you. I don't, I don't know why this is, but it, 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 it's, it's helpful right. in moving forward and doing more things because you, you know, it, it's like... The this sort of you stick to it, and uh, you get some kind of bonus for uh, you know relentlessly doing it. Is it tenacity, or is it like I don't know what else to do? Well, it is for me. It, <laughs> you know for mean? me, it's it like, is that. But right. but for I think for the people looking in, yeah. uh, it looks I mean, like it, a tenacity. It looks stu- like it looks it's like you're stu- It's a stubborn. It's yeah. a stubbornness uh, to. I mean, it, it was. I think a lot of people. I mean, you would still describe it as. As a losing proposition in the context of the general world, but I think that uh, for at the beginning and for most of the existence of my band, most people would have described it that way as a as a non-starter, a losing proposition. And I just kept hammering away at it to whatever uh, within my abilities, and eventually, you know, you carve yourself out a spot, and whatever it is, the thing I do that, that the songs right. you're describing, yeah. the kinds of books I'm writing. They created their own genre in a way, and the, which is what it is. Um, so I can, uh, I, it's not a bad, I mean, the road to get there is fraught with uh, disappointment and debt. But once you get there, it's not so bad, really, mm-hmm. you to have to be known for a thing mm-hmm. that is idiosyncratic and individual enough that no one else could do it. And uh, and it, it's on some level it gets appreciated. Um, that's all I ever wanted from the beginning was just for someone to pay attention.
1: And I urge you all to go out and you know if, if you can find them on iTunes or wherever you find music these days, look for the Mr. T Experience stuff and look for the the new song, which is named after Frank's right, it's new the book. The theme
0: song. It's I think of it as like the King it's King Dork like approximately. If, if King Dork Approximately yeah. were a sitcom. Uh, maybe one day. Maybe one <laughs> maybe day one it will day. <laughs> be that—that that is the theme song, basically. Uh, uh, I'm meeting I, again. Uh-huh. I I have the I have it all planned out um, how it would play and how the credits would be and everything. I do I, I've done theme songs for all three books, although King Dork, uh, w- it, the song, pre, uh, existed uh, by about the, 15 years. Um, yeah. yeah, but but I, I they I do think of them. I think of a lot of my. Uh, of my songs in to some degree as in those terms like you know the theme song to the sitcom or like jingles or commercials i'm you know i'm making a commercial to sell the book or i'm making a commercial to sell the record or I think a lot of the aesthetic um if it's the right word to say aesthetic for uh the uh for the the musicality of it uh i have sort of equal parts Tim, Tim Pan alley songs like you know the show tune kind of musicals and game show theme songs mm-hmm. and um, incidental music for uh, just things that were on TV. Uh, and but it's like a screenwriter making a soundtrack to the movie he's writing. It's like it, it, it's like it, let me let me stay tonally focused. Right. You know, it's,
1: let me let me get the tone of this at least right. And it, the,
0: it's for and it and it is all like so much we do in this world <laughs> imaginary to. Uh, <laughs> large degree you know, know there's there's maybe a little bit of it that has a, just a portion of its foot in reality but it is still mostly imaginary but then like i say I mean, i'm this is the most positive interview i've yeah. ever done uh, for some reason but i uh <laughs> yeah. um, it, like i i feel it's you, a conversation i think you create your own uh imaginary reality and uh sometimes you can make it work and when you don't it it sucks but when mm. you do it's you know kind of so you, you, and you, what you do is you uh, challenge listeners or readers or you know the audience to uh, come in to this uh, to this edifice that you 've constructed, right. and sometimes they do
1: well I, uh, one thing I stress on my film students is their opening titles. I say you know like imagine a James Bond movie if you didn 't sit through those opening titles you wouldn 't have been prepared for the tone of the movie. and I think opening titles are overlooked a lot because Mm, that is uh that that's what sets the mood for the movie and and if there are long opening titles you're probably gonna get a long movie and you should be prepared for it if it's an intricate opening titles you should be you should be ready to pay attention and i think having a theme song for a book it's like okay we're gonna go on this little ride and it's gonna be a lot of fun if the song is fun but it gives you that 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 preparation and um in King Dork, approximately, like how is it doing in, in comparison to your first two novels, King Dork and Drama Decline?
0: It's too early to say how it's right. doing. Um, I think. How is it doing? in you, like, are you proud? I mean, what, what are uh, yeah, you proud? no, I'm yeah. very, I'm very happy with it. I, uh, it, it, it is. I wanted it to be a significant. I want to, you know, it's the same narrator, same character, same world, but it's mm-hmm. a, it's got different parameters, and it is a, it's a different sort of uh, differently structured and, and different, uh, lo- the things that it draws from for its narrative are d- different from the first King Dork, which was sort of pseudo-mystery. Right. Um, and, and King Dork Approximately is more of a love story, and I would say actually it's it, the pastiche, uh, the, the, the aesthetic uh, stuff that's cribbed is more like romantic comedy, even though it's, it's, it's rather Fractured version of that as, by design, or that's where you were when you wrote it. No, no. I mean, by no by design. I wasn't. No, I don't know. Yeah, how much of you was in this? Yeah, I, I mean, who? I mean, maybe on, on some level, that's uh, that is an effect. I mean, my, my personal life has been, uh, you know, it's uh, had some severe ups and downs uh, over in the period when it was being written. But it was like I. I've, my plan all along for these books, mm-hmm. when if, when I conceived of them as several books, was that they were each going to stake out a territory of uh, of uh, and you know what, the word like is the genre. genre. Yeah. The, the, the word is like for the, the parameters of an aesthetic. Okay. So you've got, but of course because um, it's a uh, it, because of the I guess the word is uh, bathos. That oh, you know it's the, the uh, because of the the. That you've got all these fancy ideas that are being crammed into a very mundane, prosaic, suburban uh, story where nothing happens. Um, but you have to keep it interesting. You, you have to make yourself well, sure. see if you can pull it off, right? So, the, so, there's, so there's, the, there's the mystery in the first one, there's the romantic comedy, the, the third one that I'm working on now, King Dork Abroad, which takes place in London and Paris, I'm uh, taking the cues from uh, the spy novel for that. Sure. And so I'm, do, I'm, I'm consciously doing that. Um, and uh, I believe that Kingdork approximately is very much what it's supposed to be. And I'm really proud of it. I wanted to make it, I wanted to make it better. Uh, yeah, hey, could I have another pale ale? Um, yeah, I I wanted to make it better. Mm-hmm. I wanted to, uh, there were a checklist of things I wanted to achieve and to uh, have uh, happen with the the narrator and the character. And um, I put a lot into it. And um, so now, you know, well, so that having something that you're satisfied with uh, uh, is a, is, is a is success. That's <laughs> yeah, that's almost like but, an accomplishment on its own. Yeah. It is. But I don't know. Because
1: many of the times the babies die. Right. You know,
0: people are like, what happened to that thing you were working on? I was like, well, the
1: baby died. Like, I had enough meetings where people were like, this isn't right. Or like, I don't see this. Or I yeah. had
0: enough things where like, like the baby just didn't make it. And in in, in, <laughs> in the ears on it. in the end, you can't predict how you know the public is gonna mm-hmm. react and how it's gonna do commercially. Uh, but you know, we'll see. I'm I'm taking the long view on it all though, because yeah. I think that you know, I uh, King Dork made enough of an impact on the on the the culture that it's gonna stick around for a while, and sure. so all of these subsequent things are contributing to the, they contribute to the, to the general thing. And then the music well, really fits. It, it contributes of, to
1: what you were saying earlier about just sticking around.
0: And the songs, you know, the kind of songs I write, there is a very, uh, they're very there's a consonance between the songs and the novels. They're, they they complement each other. They are in some ways part of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm continuing to do both of them. So it's just sort of, you know, building this chunk of stuff. And uh, I'm grateful that I get to do it, and I think that it appears that I'm gonna be able to keep doing it more. And you know, who knows? But uh, I've I've had I've had a lot. I have a lot of I'm very self-critical in general, and I have complaints about everything I've done. It's not like I think that the new book is perfect, but I think that as far as the Achieving what I wanted it to do, it, it came out pretty much right mm-hmm. on, and that—that's almost unprecedented. Um, I, so that's kind of that's keep kind me of cool. Going.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the quotes that always keeps me going is Sam Raimi, who says that when you had this idea in your head, it's 100 percent, but when you start putting it through the process of of creating something I and mean, there's a lot of hands especially in film yeah. a lot of hands going to film yeah. you know, the actors they're all different prisms of your idea that you have to channel things through and if you get 80% when all is said and done no, you've made is. something that you should be really really proud of because it's spoken a lot of, of your original vision so
0: yeah no for sure I mean, 80% is that a great.
1: compromise <laughs> well you know it's you got like, the compromise yeah, with yeah. yourself
0: because you know you have well, every you know when you're in the throes of creativity and you're like <laughs> the megalomaniac the ancient, megalomania, fires, the ancient the, fires of greek yeah, the, the, know, like birth. that megalomania that that uh, you know that uh, you think the thing that mm-hmm. you're working on is the greatest thing in the Could world the freaking Frankenstein's monster but but then when you you know as time goes on and you have to it has to it you know the the that ex- set that, in? that yeah that notion and that ex- and the that experience meets the real world things you know there're things that you have In your head, that are impossible to. I mean, maybe everything you have in your head uh, is not (laughs) possible to communicate. Right. So then, there's a then the skill of of an of an artist of any kind is to make the best of that situation where the thing is not realizable, but you want to leave the impression that is close enough to it that it counts, Mm -hmm. and um, that's the thing. That's the thing that really, what you're, you know, most of the, you know, the, the actual sweat work of doing things is is to try to contrive a way um, that that works. I mean, there's an ideal version of everything that will never exist, and the only person who knows about it is the person who <laughs> thinks of it and experiences it. So what you want to try to do is uh, produce a thing that evokes it. Right. Um, and, uh, that, that's a, th- that, that is elusive. And, and you can't
1: do it for an audience that you've never met. That is, you know, this is a conversation we had years ago and, and I've thought, I, I've, I've actually taught on this idea that, um, you're a, and you're trying to reach B and there's this giant expanse between you and you don't know what B wants. You just know what you, you want to give them. You know, hoping <laughs> mm-hmm. B shows up, whether you're, yeah. a, you're a, a writer or this or that, uh, and that, That really the only thing you want to meet in the middle you want to take your life experiences that you're channeling into your storytelling and you want to take and you're hoping that their life experiences will see something in in your story that will resonate with them but you can't you don't know their life experiences that's what they're taking into the theater or what they're taking into the bookstore and um in the specifics are where you get it you know the, the the everybody everybody has a relatability if you're talking about your siblings, you have to talk about your specific moments with your siblings, if you're talking about your parents, specific moments with your parents, you know, because there's no way you grow up in the same skin uh, and and that those specifics are what people are gonna relate to and they're gonna put themselves, they're almost gonna act as your character, they're gonna put themselves in that shoe and experience the world through it, so you need to give them these little specifics and and I think that's a lesson that came out of a conversation with you and and it's translated to me telling my students, like, okay, what do you point a camera at? You have a great idea, but like, what is that specific thing you point a camera at? That someone's going to see and be like oh oh that i relate to it a color emits it, tone a yeah. color, you know what i mean like different well you got to bring
0: it down to something because you know we Mechanical. live in the mundane world yeah. and so it has to be and you have that that's what i was exactly what mm-hmm. i was getting at you there are uh the artistry is in, elusive fig, it, it is yeah. elusive and it's yeah. in figuring out the way that you can like I, the word is evoke or yeah. conjure the the essential feeling or or uh, the the essence of the experience through something that is just just sort of referring to it and not the actual thing and when you think about it that is when it works it's very uh, comparatively rare and when it works really well I mean that's like this magical thing <laughs> right. that, you know so uh, it and it's why it's very frustrating and why there's a lot of you know why uh, novelists are almost always alcoholics and what uh, I wouldn't say I'm an alcoholic but I think that there's not it's not an accident there is a it's a rare writer who's not right. a heavy drinker right or something right and it's because it, it it wears you down it's hard to to have the thing that you do be this thing that's essentially impossible or Almost, and yes. like very, you know, it's like there, you are the deck is really stacked against you because not only do you have that challenge,
1: there's no um, formula
0: for it, and the, yeah. the, the you've got so the challenge that we were just talking about, but also there's a, an additional kind of countervailing challenge, which is that you are trying to evoke um, uh, something in, in the audience that they are familiar with and they, uh, they understand and they're aware of, but you can't do it just like a carbon copy of. Some yeah. other version, and there's a lot of versions out there. Right. So you have to figure out a way to make this thing justify its existence by being different enough, so it's just not a cliche, and it's, it's not like it's everything unique, else right? that's out there. And you know, as when you realize that that is the challenge, um, your it's your your uh, worth as a person yeah. is on the line because you have to you have to take your. It, this is. What is in you that is that is worth uh, paying attention to <laughs> right. by by someone else? And if you can't do it, you don't measure up. It, 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 it's a, it's weird to say to, to to say that as if it's so important because it's not. You know, you you know we're,
1: we're still making pop songs. Four and, like, square meals a day, I'm or however many meals you eat, that's stuff, more right.
0: important. But uh, it's it's uh, it it can really. I mean, failing at that. Is devastating, right? Um, and mostly, what that's what being a writer is. Yeah, mostly it's of like it's being failing like almost all the time. <laughs> and even when you do well, it's like you're still setting yourself up for the next failure. Right. It's and and it, it's it's more nerve wracking than you think. I mean, I thought before, I mean, I had a little hint of what it would be, what it was like, to, you know, I'd write songs and record albums that. Very few people paid attention to, mm-hmm. um, but the I would think of being a writer, and I used to think, oh, that would be a really good thing to do. It seems like a kickback job. It seems like hey, you just sit around. That's what I do already. <laughs> um, but is it that? That's the part that's hard about it. The typing isn't hard, yeah. but figuring out the way to make the thing that you're typing worth doing yeah. is uh, it's a lot of screen scare, like staring oh yeah and i
1: I mean that's what got me into running like anybody who follows me on social media knows that i run a lot and i do a lot of running but that's the only reason i do it and it got to the point where my parents got me a gopro and they're like you know you do so much of this we think that you'd want to go shoot it and i was like i don't want to be out there i have to be out there because it's where i'm breaking the little rocks out and like i'm breaking it down uh-huh. so that i can build something out of them
0: you got to explain what a gopro is i'm really gopro
1: is of- one of those little cameras you strap to your head <laughs> or, oh or like, you know you can run with them oh i see you okay. know? so it's like they can be waterproof and okay. this and this that. so my parents got me one and were like hey take us on your runs with you i was like i don't want to be on my runs but uh-huh. it's, it's inherent to what i do it's 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 like You know, everybody has their thing, Mm -hmm. and uh, sometimes it can be like a chemical. It can be like I drink, or you know, they're a drug user or something like that. But but for me, it's just going out there and running and hoping the endorphins can uh, can reach a level where I can break through that stupid dialogue scene that's just a placeholder right now. Yeah,
0: I I have a thing where um, I alternate between. It's a good. It it has turned out to be a good, uh, and only 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 recent. Um, I alternate between trying to be in writer mode, which mm-hmm. is a lo- it's not typing, um, except when you're actually getting it down. A lot of times it's just fretting. Um, and <laughs> right. then, so I go between that and when that drives me crazy, then I'll, I'll pick up the guitar and play. Mm-hmm. And it, um, I've been playing guitar for um, uh, ages, but sure. um, never, until recently, never uh, sort of seriously and i just even by, after 20 years in a band yeah i just i mean it was just band. like it was it was just i just accompanied myself sure. but i didn't think about it too much it wasn't like i i were but i i by accident because of this book in mm-hmm. fact i decided to teach myself to um, to play properly um, and after 30 years yeah I, I, and and it it was a very challenging um, thing but you know it, and it it was you know quite uh humiliating for the first uh you know year of sounding terrible Hmm. but now i it's a it it is a thing that really relaxes me and uh really um it it centers me or whatever so rewards you too what's that i imagine it rewards you it is and i'm not that even that good but i went from zero to kind of okay, um, <laughs> semi okay, we'll yeah, semi okay <laughs> in a in know so that that is the that's the saving uh, remnant for me. So when I'm, I'm fretting about about all this other stuff, but then there's always a little part of me that can just be like you know playing the ragtime on the porch, mm-hmm. and even though I don't actually have a porch, sure. but you know that and and so it's equivalent to the running, yeah. and it's it's almost it, it's like. Uh, it takes me to another place. Yeah. That's important. And probably better than just drinking yourself into oblivion uh, every time. <laughs> no judgment. You, yeah, no, No, I no mean, judgment here. Everybody Obliv- has their process. Oblivion is nice in theory, yeah. but living, uh, living in oblivion, that's the right. name of a movie, isn't it? Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that, that's Steve not. Steve Buscemi directed yeah, that. yeah, yeah, that's a great movie, but yeah. I, um, it's sort of having, having the, it, it has its negative side in uh,
1: in two thousand and four, when you guys put out Yesterday Rules, did you know that that was going to be the last MTX album? No. Um, yeah.
0: I it, it, I mean, I suppose I th- I suppose the last MTX album was a long time coming. Right. Everyone find, kind of felt like, oh, this could be the last one. But at that time, you know, I it was the it was the best sounding, most accomplished version of the band I'd had, mm-hmm. um, and I was felt like my songs were were very strong and. I was. I, I felt like there was a lot more to do, but the thing that I didn't reckon on was the music business. Yeah. Uh, complete. I mean, that was we. We started that project right at the very end when of when people were still buying music. Physical
1: compact disc. I um, bought it from
0: Rhino Records, and the Rhino Records on on Westwood closed like yeah. a month later. <laughs> we went on tour trying to do it the same way. Yeah. And no one was buying it. By the time we finished the tour, it was all over, and it was just like there's no. And the label, every everything. I mean, everyone. I remember, thinks you guys of, the
1: satellite in in, in um, Los Feliz. Yeah, I, I remember, yeah,
0: yeah. It was like that. This is this is. There's no basis for this. And the thing that people didn't realize at the time, there were a lot of people that were. Uh, celebrating this like oh this is the you know the evil record companies this is this now it's all free music yeah um but what the economy of music uh of recorded music sustained a culture Mm -hmm. and if you didn't have the economy it's not just the uh the 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 record companies and the um and the 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 economic engine it was the that that it's the, the, the whole culture grow, yeah. it's like all the magazines and all the radio stations and yeah. all just every nothing everything just fell apart. all the and writers and i think was
1: the most important was the guy at the cd store when you're flipping through and he's like oh if you like that Try this. Like your Netflix recommended right. list is not that
0: guy, right? No, that's... and he will, and he will right. never be exactly, that guy. Right. That guy
1: was important to the music process. That old guy at the record store who knew the bands that led to the bands you're buying, and he could recommend you those
0: bands. So yeah, a lot, a lot of the writers, you know, the, who were uh, sort of, uh, you know, welcoming the brave new world and how the how great this was going to be, you know, they don't have jobs anymore. Their magazines are are mm-hmm. uh, are don't exist. No one pays you to write about music anymore, no. and at, there's a time. There's a uh, that's a general thing. People In don't pay film, you to write about anything. And, and all the stuff we do at Geekscape
1: yeah. is like following suit. Like yeah. the film is following suit. People are,
0: I mean, it's all so going. So you same gotta way. think about. I mean, it, it's nothing you can do about it. Sure. It's a it's an inevitable uh, result of the fact that things are free. When they, when when things are free, you can't compete yeah. for free as it goes. So, but if if you are looking forward to if you follow it to its natural trajectory where um basically whatever revenue there is from art the artist is cut out of it um that (laughs) is a that is a very perverse strange situation it prevented uh it you know i i the, the reason that was the last MTX album was specifically that. It's a business reason, yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm getting together now uh, more music, but it's under very different, vastly different mm-hmm. parameters. And the reason I can even do it in a way that anybody would pay attention is because I got this other book thing. Sure. Um, and because I have the decades of of, uh, of a career yeah. doing, doing it so that, you know, people know. If you're... If you are the Doctor Frank of now, there's you got no prayer because you can't I make mean, that runway, you, and you
1: don't have that discography where you have a little bit of a presence on whatever digital medium people are discovering bands. So it's all you know, like your for your songs. friends
0: and for your you know yeah. and and you know not that there's anything wrong with it as the saying you goes.
1: Should, you follow your dreams, but
0: but it is it is it is different, and it is it it's strangled you know you cut you cut off the money you strangled. The life of, of the of of music, of recorded music, mm-hmm. um, and it's a shame because, I think a lot of people that who would hear that who did well, who cares? It got strangled, you know. Yeah. But if you like things like albums, it's kind of sad that they don't. I mean, they don't happen. They they happen, but they're not. It's not the same. I mean, I right. th- there's uh, it's all EPs and singles. Probably right? yeah. uh, you know probably the last big rock band. In history, ever you draw a line under big rock bands was Green Day. There's probably never going to be Fame another inductees. one. Hall of Fame inductees,
1: yeah. Hall of Fame inductees, Broadway. Uh, right. <laughs> inductees.
0: Right. Did you see their play? I didn't see it. I,
1: I, you know what? Uh, I like their plays. Their plays good, but I thought was uh, was more interesting was the documentary on their play, which was just like mm. like a really. That sounds it, quite interesting. But well, I mean, um, it just internalized the whole process, and you, you realize that like Billy had this whole thing with his with his single mom and his father that, that played out in all this huh. and you, you realize all the anger and stuff that goes into it and I was like well that, that that makes everything so much more interesting and almost makes the first act of the play which I didn't find as ample footing to, to, to watch the play the first act I feel you have to play a lot of catch up mm-hmm.
0: um, was good but, um, but I mean yeah, so, so this really, music, I, should be, say, I mean, it just never yeah. was easy for me to see it sure so. why is that? I just you know no one ever said hey here's some tickets go to see this thing (laughs) you guys
1: did tour europe with them in a near disastrous tour which you said had that tour not ended we would have been complete you told me once that had that tour not fallen apart it was very expensive tour to be on although
0: although um you know i always wonder what would have happened uh maybe you know a few more weeks of that despite the the financial uh, sure. loss uh, could have had dividends later on i'm particularly uh, disappointed that the british shows weren't part of it because uh, we were always very strong in the mm-hmm. uk and uh, it could have made a it could have made a, a bigger impact but
1: is there a chance to tour those places again with the new band or do you think it's a t- yeah. different creature what no i, mean, do you I think, think we could but i i'm
0: still figuring out what's possible sure. to what it's possible to afford. Because the
1: landscape is decimated and the landscape is completely different. You have to find out what kind of vehicle can to, still
0: traverse this landscape. You need to figure out a way to pay for it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's not... It's easier said than done. Oh, sure. you just sell hoodies. I mean, it, you know, so do,
1: we, do we do this like artist? What, what's it called like like do we do this like artist direct or um, or what's it called like like the Indiegogos and stuff? Is, is, should we kickstart this album? Should we do the Indiegogo right. thing? Or I, the yeah, thing I
0: mean, that? I feel very weird about that. Don't do that. that don't don't do thing, that. Don't, but,
1: don't let your pride get in the way. Of it. Okay, like don't don't <laughs> do I, that. Yeah, don't do that
0: um because if
1: people want to pay people are going to pay and i do the same thing where i'm like i'm not going to run ads on the show or i'm not going to do this or that like i do the same thing but if people want to help provide i don't yeah i would
0: i think for that to work for me unfortunately yeah unfortunately for for me unfortunately for this for that idea i think for that to work it would have to be somebody else making the pitch because i don't think i could convincingly do it. i mean you look at ben it's you yeah, but you look at Ben and he he threw himself into it and made, uh, he was... Uh, um, who are you talking about? Ben, ben Weasel? Weasel? Yeah. Yeah, he, he he's good at that. Sure. I'm not good at that. I, 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 would, I would not make a convincing case. I would need to farm it so out to somebody. So give a tiny
1: percentage to a PR firm or somebody who can handle the, mm-hmm. the campaign and, and just do it. Because here's the thing, like, it, 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 just think of it as people pre-ordering whatever level of the album they want. And yeah. if they want to order a level of an album that comes with a tour, then they're going to need to fund a little more. Yeah. If they want uh, want maybe, I mean, video, that, that, is the, more.
0: that is the way of the future, and maybe that's what it'll be, but it's a... Frank, I hate to tell you, it's the way of the present. Way of the present, right. <laughs> I mean, hey. that's, that's crazy that we couldn't have seen that 10 right. years ago. No, seriously. When we were buying
1: the last MDX album in a Rhino Records that was, you know, a few months from closing. It's just insane
0: how quickly everything turned. Yeah. Know. No, right. It's Definitely. Yeah, no one knew it hit them. In, in, uh,
1: in, in, in physical print copies? Because I, I, I agree with you that there's something to hanging around long, long enough that you're in the CD store and you see enough of these albums that you're flipping through that you're like, I'm just going to buy this out. I, I'm finally going to listen to this band because I see their stuff everywhere. But now you have three books on the shelf, and there's something to having real estate. But what happens when those stores go the way of a, the regular you know, uh, stores and where how can you formulate how can you have that presence in that real estate on a digital platform
0: and that's very true and and it's uh people try to i mean there's such a thing as digital presence but sure. it is uh it is a lot uh you're it it's it is very apt to dissolve into a sea a sea of other digital presences you know there's a when you're sort of competing for attention with absolutely everything uh and everything's better looking and younger
1: (laughs) I realized too like everything is better looking and younger and I'm sitting here going man if I if I'd have done this like if I'd have been born 10 years later I might have been
0: better at this (laughs) but then I might have just been another idiot again I don't know? know you know um the the uh I guess you can also. There's such a thing as uh, getting used to getting by on your looks. <laughs> and uh, don't and, say that. Yeah, that that no. I uh, I I feel in a in a in a literal way, but you know, possibly in a kind of an extended metaphorical way, mm-hmm. uh, that that's something that I mean there there's a there is definitely a. a thing that we've all taken advantage of of sort of uh uh, focusing on superficial things that get an immediate um reward uh, at the expense of 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 the the actual ironically the actual meat of the thing and you know in the in my case uh I wish I had started paying more attention to the songs per, uh, as songs. Uh, you know. I wish I had pushed myself harder earlier to, re- to make them better. And I didn't have to because I had this punk rock band that was fine. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it was comfortable. And it, it just it worked okay. And you, it was like these songs are, you know, they're, they had their good points, but they could have been. Is that present way, in your writing process? Way better today.
1: Oh. Today, when you're sitting with the young adult, like like audience, or what, yeah. writing a, writing something for the audience, that, I mean, is that in your process? Oh, yo,
0: for I definitely um, I take a much more a sterner view towards mm-hmm. it. I mean, you have you don't. I thought it was all very much gonna blow away, and it almost didn't matter. It was a, the important thing was. How you look on stage? Sure. How uh, you know how the, whether how many girls in the audience liked you? You know, it's, uh, which is I'm not knocking that. That's an uh, sure. important motivator, but, but it, it doesn't say your game for very long. you don't. You uh, what is left is the songs. Right. So you know, it's it behooves you to uh, uh, to put as much into making them as good as you possibly can make them, um, because that's what's left when it's all over and that's what the true you know you can do all this i i try to be as uh engaging and personable as possible when i'm you know hyping the book and everything but that all goes away too in the end there's this text and uh everything stands or falls on it um but it's very it's very easy to lose sight of that because there's a whole lot. I mean, a huge part of life is just kind of barely getting by with, mm-hmm. you know, squeaking by with gentleman C, and uh, and there's no percentage in uh, putting more effort into it than is absolutely necessary, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for on its own on its own basis. So right. I, I, that's a lesson it took me a long time to learn. I wish I'd learned it. I wish I'd had somebody that would you know i wish i someone would would have said when i was you know 22 saying what the hell are you doing yeah, pay po- more attention focus on this pay more attention yeah. to this thing that is the whole point of it but it took me a lot a lot of stumbling yeah. around to your figure legacy that starts out. earlier than you ever think it would be yeah i mean all this disposable stuff that i didn't think was anything mm-hmm. um and now yeah i feel like i'm kind of responsible for it and have to account for it and uh Frank, where should the audience pick up your book? Where,
1: where where, they, where, where does the, where's the best place for them to pick it up? Where the most percentage goes to you? Uh, well,
0: you know, <laughs> I, mean, I would, the, 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 definitely buying it from a retail uh, outlet, outlet yeah. is the best. Right. Uh, a physical retail outlet. Going, um, yeah. Going because, to a place and getting yeah, and, it, it. and it, as far as. Personally, for me, it doesn't matter. And sure. I, I do support independent bookstores, and independent bookstores are great. And the more you buy from independent bookstores, the more likely they will to be be to the, it will be that they can stick around, which I think is good. Yeah. Um, but basically, um, the thing for a writer that is best in the, most in their interest is if people buy books, and then the stores order them. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Whereas a thing like you know some of the online retailers, sometimes they're the same as the. As the bookstores but that is more of a fluid inventory kind of you know pay as you go kind of thing it it doesn't hurt it's not bad it's great i mean if you order something online but the fact of a store selling books and reordering them um and then they're there when people are there that's still very important so um that's what i would urge people to do if you if it's possible you know uh um buy it any way you can yeah. but have, have ultimately you, that would be the best have you guys started working on the new mtx album we've well you know i've, I've, I've you've said, had conversations yeah well there there's you know the the, the immediate project is this King Dork, approximately the album perfect just 12 songs um, that come from the book and two we've re- one, released one mm-hmm. uh well two but i'm gonna the what? so the single had right, a b-side that was just recorded in my bathroom um i'm gonna record that for real so that plus 10 songs is going to be that. And then if I can still continue to figure out a way to record it, the next album will come after that. Um, I've, got, I've got it pretty much planned out, although I might swap some songs in and out. Yeah. Um, and I hope-
1: is its own architect, despite
0: <laughs> what you, despite what you try and build. <laughs> well, but, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but you so I hope to finish the King Dork approximately stuff in the next couple of months and then that i'm not sure how it'll come out but it'll come out in some form and then you know then the 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 subsequent one maybe try to put a little more thought into the how it's gonna arrive how you know i'm not sure about labels or or anything i'm gonna figure out but basically that's the project the research has begun yes the
1: research has begun um frank good luck on the rest of the the book tour uh i'm looking forward to seeing you perform tonight Thank go, you I'm very gonna, much. I'm gonna go down to the show. Awesome. Uh, Geekscape is pick up King Dork approximately at any bookstore or online retailer. You guys can find or wherever you use to read your books, and then um, go on iTunes and rediscover if you have, for the first time, if, you know maybe discover this band that was so influential to me. And the only reason you're really listening to this podcast in the form that you're listening to it uh, is this man right here who had a band, and I listened to it when I was 17 years old, and it influenced my life greatly. And here we are talking. So.
0: Thanks for coming on GeekScape, Frank. Thanks, man. Yeah, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. It was was fun. That was a good conversation. (laughs) I'll see you tonight. Cool.